Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawksfield at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is Husker 24-7 senior writer, Brian Christofferson. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act. Brian Christofferson. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Brian Christofferson. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that. Here is Brian Christofferson. Welcome back to Herd at Sports Radio on ESPN 590, ESPN Tri-Cities. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Herd at Sports Bar and Grill. Andrew Rogers, Connor Cavalak. Before we get to Brian Christofferson, I'd like to take a moment and talk to you about the War Horse Casino Sportsbook new location, which is at Horseman's Park. It's at a little trailer right in the middle of the field, and uh, it's a nice, easy uh, path to get to. They have some great signage up that directs you to the parking lot, and then you can go in and place your uh, you can place uh, your bet at uh, one of the kiosks inside, which they make it very simple and easy to use. You can also use the Bet Builder, uh, which is on the War Horse Sportsbook app. And it's just it's it's just really simple to have your bet preloaded so that when you get to the machine, you just, you know, can kind of just go from one the little tablet on your phone right to the big tablet on the machine. And boom, your bet's built. Place the bet and you're in and out just like that. Warhorse makes it simple. So the next time that you want to place a bet and you're in the state of Nebraska, you got to go to Warhorse Casino and uh, and use the sports book. Let's go to the Warhorse sports book hotline now and uh, talk to Brian Christ Brian Christofferson. BC, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good man. Good. I stuttered on your last name. Christofferson's not uh, very tough to say either. Uh, I mean, it, it's not Smith or Jones, so I, I, I'll give you a break. You, gotta, <laughs> you, you, pronou- you ultimately pronounced it right. Usually I'm Christopherson when I'm called uh, in a line uh, at a food place, and that's fine. Hey, when you were filling out the bubbles on a standardized test, like, did yeah. you always, like, like, punch or like, like, you know, punch yourself in the side of the head and be like, Mom and Dad, like, why was my last name Christopherson? I mean, that's a lot of bubbles to fill out. Yeah, it is. Um, actually, I think on some of them it would run out, and I was just Brian Christopher's. And so <laughs> they wouldn't let you just be Brian C. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. So that that probably explains why they mailed me some lower test scores. I probably actually scored higher. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm. That's yeah, what that, I'm that that's where you're laying your head. Yeah, I think so. Now, somebody that doesn't have an issue with uh, standardized tests, uh, well, bubbling, I guess filling out his last name, is Kyle McCord. And uh, that name has recently emerged as possibly the new Husker favorite in the portal. BC, would you agree with that? Um, I don't know yet. Um, maybe. I think that there's interest from both sides at this point, but Kyle McCord is um, – someone who uh probably has a few parties after him uh so you got to keep that in mind um but definitely why would you not kick the tires on that one um you know he played it in one of the most high profile positions in college sports this last year let's be honest um as ohio state's quarterback a lot of pressure um he didn't have a great offensive line for ohio state standards make that clear 
Um, that's what their writers will tell you. Um, not their best O-line that they've had. And he worked behind that and had pretty good numbers, as you would expect, with the weapons around him and the, the, the team as they are. Um, and he's kind of, as one of the writers said up there to us, sort of the scapegoat for the uh, for the Michigan game because somebody's got to be to blame. So it's Ryan Day <laughs> and him, I guess. Um, I, I wouldn't. It's always the quarterback. Watched, yeah, I, well, having watched that one from start to finish, as you guys probably did, I wouldn't say that. I, I just think he's a guy who you, you know has been through the battles and could could stand up tall and uh, answer the questions around here and deal with being in this bubble because he's already done it um, times times five probably at Ohio State. So um, I like that one, but I like some of the other guys they visited too. I mean, I, I think Levitt's an interesting young player uh, who can re- move around really well. Uh, kept his red shirt on last year. Um, anybody who interviewed him this week in our um, little neck of the woods can tell you he's a supremely confident kid um, in what he can get done. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, Shapin and Will Howard's got a lot of experience. So there's, I think they're going after the right guys, and you just don't know exactly um, how they rank them. BC, I'm going to hit you with something here. And I want you to wait before you jump uh, to the answer because I, I said this to Connor earlier in the show, and I want to ask you ask you this too because I think the number one the number one um, like question that this team should be asking first is who gets you excited to watch Nebraska football next year? Like that is has to be number one, at least when you're in terms of talking about quarterbacks, that is the question you have to first answer. Who gets you excited? And then you have to fall into, okay, these are my guys that get me excited. Now who's a fit? Because you, you brought up Sam Levitt's name. And yes, Sam Levitt's a good player. Um, he, he's got good mobility. Um, he's got good toughness but he's not a name that just gets me excited to watch football next year like Kyle McCord is a name Uh, DJU is a name Will Howard is a name how important do you think it is to first get somebody that gets you excited to watch football next year I I get your point Andrew because right now I do think there's sort of this like oh we've been through the same old thing seven years in a row I know it was just your first year but man we've been doing this dance a long time and we need some jolt into our veins and um a quarterback who's been through it at, in in more of a high profile role uh probably helps in these next three to four months right like in how we're talking about the team and all that stuff i do think even if it's a younger guy like a levitt i think over the course of time by the when we get to spring if you have like levitt and uh and i'm just throwing hypotheticals out here right now but if you have like levitt and purdy for instance like battling it out I think people will look up an intrigue and be like okay how far has Purdy come along I want to learn more about this Levitt guy so I think as interest will grow as we get to this season and ultimately it's just going to come down to those first games in you know September uh, when you open up and then you play Colorado the second week do you have somebody out there who, who doesn't turn it over four times you know and if, if that person whatever his name is if he goes out there and looks solid and has good vision uh, in the passing game uh, exhibits a little bit more clutch gene than we've seen. Um, that that'll immediately have people watching with with intrigue uh, all season. So, I, I think your point um, is one to consider, though. They, uh, but I, I still think at the end of the day, it's got to be best fit that you think can win, and that's that's the end of the story. 
So we looked at earlier, five of the top seven QBs in the portal as of this moment remain uncommitted. Uh, looking at names like Cam Ward, uh, DJU, yeah. Dylan Gabriel, are, are there any big names that you've seen in this portal right now that Nebraska has not reached out to that you feel like we should be you know, trying to get in contact with? You know, I, I think if with a, like Cam Ward, for instance, I'd knock on his door and see what the, what the situation's like and, um, <laughs> you know, make, make your case. Um, why not? Um, you know, the, I think all those guys you mentioned are, you, would be possibilities that you would want to look at. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. We've sort of been keeping it to the guys we think they've talked to or are talk, or going to. Um, but yeah, I, I think every, all, it should be like, uh, you, you're looking at every, every angle down every, uh, alleyway for quarterbacks. And that's not just those high profile guys you're talking about. I'm talking about like, is there somebody in FCS that you think has the special stuff, you know, that, that could be considered here. Um, so, so all, all that should be on the table to me. Um, I do think the four names that have been mentioned the most are legitimate candidates right now. And so I probably operate, that's a, it's a great question you ask, but I sometimes I think operate more just from the reporter angle of like, who's like, who do I think is in the running right now? Like who, like what's the information we have that makes this person valid for the conversation. But um, certainly if you, if any of those guys popped in the radar in the next day or so, and you start to hear their name, people are going to lose their minds around here. And that would answer <laughs> That would answer Andrew's question previously if you had Cam mm-hmm. Ward walking up. Yeah, gets the people I'd going. I'd be cool with it, man. <laughs> I'd be cool. To do a spring press conference, I think people will be kind of fired up. Now, BC, uh, I was talking with one of our listeners yesterday, and it had me thinking about this question because I have seen uh, people on both sides of the fence here. You look at what the Huskers have on their roster, and then you peek inside the portal outside of the quarterback position, specifically at the linebacker spot because you lose Reimer and you lose Henrich. Uh, do you think it's necessary for the Huskers to make moves away from that quarterback spot with the young talent that's emerging in position groups that saw some turnover, like the linebacker spot? Because you see Kane Williams uh, a little bit this season. Dylan Rogers was a 2023 commit. Eric Fields is that unknown that it was. he's kind of the guy that everybody can't wait to see. Uh, all got crazy good reviews from the staff this offseason and they couldn't stop talking about the depth that they had um so back to the question do you think it's necessary to make a move to fill that spot now or do you just trust what the young guys have um i think it's possible to make a move there um the, the positions i've always named off are quarterback a wide receiver um if you could add a, a veteran wide receiver to the crew um running back although uh, I think, you know, Rule has said they want to get a running back, but that could be a recruit still. Maybe they got someone, um, you know, kind of hidden now that they're thinking about in, uh, in that end. Running back is a spot, I do believe, real quick, where you can go into the high school ranks. And while it didn't happen last year with Quentin Ives, you can sometimes find somebody who their first year can help you out, you know, at that position, it seems like. Um, I don't know why, although – some people would push back on that say there's so much to process with the pass blocking now and all that but i do think running back could come from either spot um but linebacker i would agree with you it wouldn't be horrible uh by any means to have 
um, a veteran guy who has a proven resume, if you feel like he really fits and would, uh, you know, gels with your your staff and would would fit into what Tony White wants to do that you could put out there because there that is going to be a question to answer for them in the off season. I think Mackay Bayer is a guy who's gonna you're gonna see his role just increase as he goes through this program and he'll probably have even more snaps next year. Um, but yeah, th- that's the one defensive position I really look at um, as a spot that could be a portal um, possibility. So when you mention uh, looking for a nice transfer running back. Do you think getting a Will Howard, do you think Treshawn Ward would be interested in joining him at Nebraska as well? Do you think that could be used as kind of a recruiting pitch? But you never know. Um, you know, sometimes that, that does have – we saw last year, right? I mean, with uh, certain schools where there's like two or three guys come from one program, and I don't know those all because this guy when I'm going to, it might have just worked out that that's where the connections were, especially with George last year. Um, and they had one with Florida. But I think that always helps um, – we see it in recruiting sometimes where a teammate will follow. And so um, could be a possibility there. Um, you know, running back, they need one more guy, though. I don't like whoever that is, whether it's portal guy or recruit guy. Mm-hmm. I really feel like you, you, you need to bolster what you have, because I really hope Ramir and Gabe um, track all the way back. You know, they, those guys have been through it um, in their careers and. We never have really gotten the chance to see what Gabe Irvin can fully do, which is unfortunate. So I hope we get that opportunity. But am I nervous about it a little bit um, just because of the severity of both injuries and you're both, you know, there's a lot riding on them being healthy. Yeah. And that's why, you know, with I liked what Emmett did, but they got to find someone really special at that running back. You guys can remember back when Amir was here and you had that back who, there were certain games where we'd, I would write stories where, oh, the O-line played really well, like against Miami in 2014. Go watch that game back and see, like, 130 yards or Amir Abdullah just being special. And I, I think we can't lose sight of what that can mean to have a running back like that if you can find him, which everybody's trying to find because um, it's not easy to find that separator at that position. But, man, it would make a big difference. BC, uh, going back to, to my previous point, uh, because I'm actually on the, the side of the fence that I don't think it's necessary, defensively especially, to get uh, somebody out of the portal to maybe uh, have a young guy in instead who has been getting um, some good reviews from the staff in, in the offseason. My question to you is this, and I know it's way too early to really be asking this question, but I think it's fun to at least think about right now. Who's your pick? from the 2023 class to have a breakout 2025 campaign? 25? Uh, or, or, um, I, just next 20, season. Yeah, 24, 24 into 25. to 25. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's, right. let's save a year. <laughs> you know, okay, I'll say uh, I think Dwight Boodle, if he, when he gets healthy, he's going to have a say All in the right. back end. Um, I think they really like him. Dylan Rogers comes up every flipping time. I'm telling we'll you. About, great last name. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Dylan Rogers is definitely going to be a guy to watch. Um, I think I, I still kind of gravitate toward that defensive line. They got so many young, good guys that I really like. We saw Van Poppel, so I don't know if that counts. Maybe that's cheating. Um, I think Van Poppel is going to be a dude next year. Like, I'm not 
not like all conference dude, but I just think he's going to be really good. He's going to take snaps away from people and he's going to elevate and be that kind of player. Um, so those are the guys that pop up to me. Um, and then the ones we've already seen, like protect what's yours. That's why it's, you know, you rule said you got to value your own roster. You especially got to do that with a guy like Prince will, you know, you got like, I'm not saying anything's happening there, but you've heard rule talk about in this day and age, there's people trying to get into what's yours and all that stuff. You better, you better make sure those guys, um, you know how much they're appreciated and how much they matter around here too. And I think that's going to be easy in this December because this is not going to be a crazy portal off season. The numbers are such that they can only take like honestly three to four guys probably. And so most of the guys on the roster understand like it is on me to develop and they're, they're trusting me to do that. And so I think that's going to help keep, uh, keep some of the uh, um, vultures away, I guess. So how does the return of Nash Hutmacher and Ty Robinson, how does that bolster that development for some of these young guys that you've just mentioned? How, how, oh, how important yeah. is that veteran leadership? Oh, I mean, it's, it's so large. Like to, in football, to, to have those two big dudes on the D-line, it just changes everything for your defensive scheme and They're how you can so operate. Good. I mean, Ty, I feel – I really do understand what they're saying where – when it was explained why he was coming back, it was said, you know, he didn't get the full off season last year. And if you watched him play, he did gain speed, right? I mean, like you saw, like in the last uh, half of the season, he was a different guy, even in the first half, he was starting to pop up and just make more of those just game changing plays. We've always wanted from him. And so I think there's a belief that's just the start of that. And let's just feed that for one more year and see where you get picked. But yeah, those guys are going to set the tone for this is how we do things around here. And it's going to be a high bar that other guys are going to want to reach. And um, the good thing is they've got really mature freshmen or war freshmen in that room that I think want to learn. You know, like I feel like Cam Lenhart's a guy who he's smart. He immediately buddied up to the old guys and and he he's thought of as an old guy already. So I think uh, I think that's going to work out very well for them. And then, you know, there's Jamari Butler, like basically in that same room now. He plays D-line more than anything. And um, guys who have paid their dues, and they can also probably preach a little bit of patience to some of these guys, which is good, too. Because Jamari Butler, who was actually in the portal for 24 hours last year, if people remember, um, is like the perfect guy to ha- for anybody that's considering anything to have a conversation with. BC, can I ask you something about the the Creighton Nebraska basketball game this past weekend? If we, if we must, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I kept hearing this may be one of those games you don't look at to revisit mistakes, just toss it out that it's not worth the time. Now, to some degree, I agree with that logic. Um, you, you just have to admit things could have just not gone your way that night, uh, but the game plan was good. So yeah, I toss it out the window. But did you see? Did you see it that way, or did the game have you walking away saying, "Yeah, that was a tough loss, but here's what we learned." Um, I I still I walked away feeling like the last games, the two or three games before it, where I thought the defensive edge that they were looking to establish was still floating in the air and not grabbed yet um and i understand creighton can make a lot of teams look like they're playing bad defensively because they hit shots and they did hit some tough shots i thought at times nebraska gave shireman 
uh, made it way too easy for him, um, you know, when he got in a rhythm, especially in the first half. And so I think there's some things you would want to revisit there. Um, it wasn't a game that set off alarm bells to me like, oh, these guys stink or whatever, you know, <laughs> like let's, 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 let's just move on. And I, there is some of that that unfortunately goes – I said it that way because you guys know that there's the casual fan – they're like, oh, I hear Nebraska's seven and zero. I'll check it out, you know. And they so it's Nebraska Creighton, and this is the game where, and it's kind of viewed in that same prism as football, right? Where it's like, there's so much on this one game, and then it doesn't go well, and there's an overreaction to it. And I think that's really when you hear the stuff you're hearing this week as they get ready for Minnesota tonight, which I'm about to get in the car and go to. Um, I I feel like that's the point. Is like, guys, it was a bad day. They're a great team. We know it. They could be an Elite Eight team again or something like that. We got to go handle our business Wednesday. Let's put our attention right there. And uh, if Nebraska wins tonight, and they, it's a big one, um, there'll be a jolt back in the step. There will mm-hmm. because they'll be 1-0 and in the league, and people will be like, okay, Creation's really good. We got it. They, they, they smoked them this year. But um, they'll be 1-0, and and then Michigan State's coming Sunday. That's going to be a tough one, man. Michigan State just lost to Wisconsin, and they're 4-4, four and four, and I know how Izzo's teams are like after that. So right. That, that's not a great setup for Nebraska. They need, they need this one big time tonight. And one more thing here. As you mentioned, uh, you're going up to Minnesota. Um, what do you think is like a – if you could give your keys to the game – what would be your three keys for Nebraska to get that win? They got to get back first off on the glass again, um, where they early on they were just you know they're playing lesser teams, but it's like not even a contest. And the last few games it's been tough um, rebounding. They lost by eleven to Creighton in that statistic too. Um, so they got this is going to be a, maybe of a fair fight tonight, and they got to win. They got to win the boards fight, the fifty-fifty balls. Um, they're going to have to have somebody besides Casey um, hit from the outside. Uh, you know, like C.J. Wiltshire, when he pops in, um, I don't think he's their best defensive guy. He's got to he's got to bring it on the offensive end. He's got to he's got to hit three shots. You know, the, those big shots that when you need them. Um, Rink Mass is going to have to have a better game shooting it. Um, after the game, McDermott said an interesting thing. He said they shot. Um, you know, they got a lot of threes up. He's speaking of Nebraska, but they were the guys we wanted taking them, shooting them. And if you look at the stat sheet, you know, Alex shoots like four or five. Right. Matt Mass <laughs> shoots five. I think Hoiberg believes Mass can hit those shots, but Rink's got to Rink's got to be a pretty good three point shooter, and it's got to come out in games like this where he he hits at least one or two that keeps him honest. So that's going to be a big deal too. Well, also you have to think how many games is Nebraska going to play this year against a team that shoots as much as Creighton does? Maybe never and until the end of the year. Creighton is really good. I mean, they are. <laughs> yeah. I, they well, are. they're good when they make their shots. When they miss. Yeah, they, <laughs> They're yeah, really well, they bad. Had, they, they had a game like Nebraska, you know, against Colorado State. They had that game. That that was the the game they had against Colorado State, where they lost by twenty one. Was just like Nebraska last year. As you know, McDermott said they shot forty threes last year. They only hit ten, and they they couldn't, you know, throw in the ocean from the beach in that game. <laughs> so once in a while they'll have a bad day at the office, but they, they're they're better defensively this year. That's what makes them tough. Yeah, they're I strong. Think, so. BC, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Um, Safe trip. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. 
Brian Christofferson, uh, senior writer at Husker 24-7. Always appreciate his time on a Wednesday. Okay, when we come back, we will talk to a local guy here in town. Uh, here in Omaha, I should say, because BC's up in Lincoln. Uh, talk to Andy Kendi over at KETV. He is the sports director. Uh, we do it every other Wednesday. We flip-flop him and the sports director up in Lincoln. Andy Kendi, AK, coming your way next on Herd at Sports Radio.